Oh yeah. Here we go. Oh huh. yeah. Happy Easter for your keister. What is up everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate, John, Brandino. Boys, today we are going to recap this past Saturday's UFC Fight Night main event, Bilal Muhammad versus Vincente Luque. We'll also give you our picks and predictions for this Saturday night's UFC Fight Night main event between Jessica Andrade versus Amanda Limoges. Then I'm putting these guys through a little Easter egg challenge. And finally, all the news and happenings in the world of MMA. Mm-hmm. But first, boys, what is up on this Easter Sunday? How you feeling? Tired. I was just telling Nate, I'm extremely exhausted right now. Yeah, I had a... My my all my brother's kids. We did a Easter egg hunt for them at my mom's this morning. And then I've been over at my girlfriend's family. That started off as like a dinner, and now it's kind of turned into like a barbecue type party. They're doing karaoke, drinking. Mm. So I just pulled away from that. But yeah, I've been going pretty hard today too. You've been like yelling. Your voice sounds a little. No, my allergies have been horrible. Gotcha. My sinuses hit. I've been off work since Wednesday, and my sinuses hit that day. So I've been like trying to get. I sounded way worse like three days ago. Gotcha. So. There it is. How are you going, Nate? What's going on with oh, you? Oh, just tired, man. Same thing. Busy day, busy weekend. Ooh, yeah. Uh, it's always, it's always a busy one. This Easter weekend. Yeah. Um, I was just telling them, I was just telling you guys. Thursday, I took my nieces and nephews to see Sonic Two, which is cool. Um, also expensive because I have eight nieces and nephews. Yeah, that sucks. Mm. And then I had to take my little brother because I needed backup, and I took my mom because I needed backup backup. Mm. And then I got them all like snacks. So well, that's even worse. Yeah, they're not probably getting Christmas. It was <laughs> yeah, a, it was a it was a hundred dollar trip. But, yeah, but they all. Um, I mean, a couple of them haven't even been to movies yet. Mm. That's one of my favorite things. So it was nice taking them, and they all seem to love it. So. Yeah, that's a good one. And then Saturday, I went to Comic Con. My legs are still paying for that. Did you see uh, Chase and Aubrey there? Mm-mm. They were there. Well, they should have been there. Yeah, I went. Should have been there. I went. <laughs> told to, me they were. I went Saturday. Um, Got an autograph for the lead or the main uh, guy who does main character on Tokyo Ghouls. It's an anime. But Polly Shore was there. For G- Vegeta was there. Yeah, he was there. Joey Fatone from NSYNC was there. His line was like fat, which is weird. He's just like a random NSYNC guy, but mm. he is Joey Fat one. Yeah, but I, we walked around for a while, and it's, I mean, you know, Nate, you went with us. You went with me last year, but. One of those things where you're like so excited and you're seeing so much cool stuff, and then once you like stop and look around, you start feeling it in your feet and legs, and you're like, "Oh gosh, man, I need to eat. There's no place to sit. This is this is rough." Well, we got to give a shout out too for um, some of our Gaha guys. Oh yeah, that fought this weekend at Artist Scrap Four mm-hmm. in uh, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, shout out to our boy Gabe Gurit. who won by I believe it was a second round TKO, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken. Um, also, Will, Wilson Lop, Lopshire, who Wilson, I mean, he trains at by Gaha, proxy. Uh, quite a bit, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, so he got a win. Shout out to him. And then, um, unfortunately, our boy Nick Fox did lose by a decision. But, I mean, I'll say, man, that kid that he fought was a beast. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that kid had had, like, almost 20 Muay Thai fights. Oof. And he had only had one mixed martial arts fight. Like that was his first uh, or second mixed martial arts fight. But 
he looked really polished. Like, and I thought what was cool about Fox's fight, so he's a Muay Thai fighter, so you're thinking, like, okay, the stand-up, like, they're going to kind of be able to, you know, this was like Fox is a wrestler, this kid's Muay Thai, but I felt like they both got each other's game off on each other, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, Fox cracked him a couple times. I mean, Fox's stand-up looked really good, too, I thought, and he cracked that kid a couple times. That kid, his wrestling looked really good, especially defensively, I thought. Um, for people that don't know, he, or he had a – people that don't know who he is Bruno Souza in his corner and Bruno's a UFC fighter Mm -hmm. so you know he comes from a good camp very legit fighter Mm -hmm. I thought it was a great fight you know for Fox and I'm really excited to see what he does because he just looked better I thought the best that I've ever seen him yeah Um, and same for Gabe man I felt like Gabe just kind of blew me away like I felt like he looked like that was like his mo I mean it's only his third mixed martial arts fight but he looked really matured um, he looked a lot more patient. You know, Gabe's a guy who just bite down and start throwing, but he just kind of waited for the fight to come to him a little bit and just looked really technical, um, just a lot more patient in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really shocked by Gabe. Like, just from Gabe's last fight to this fight, I was, like, really impressed with that jump that he's made. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So shout out to them, and then and that he, was uh, Fox's first fight in new division, right? Yeah, so the, it was a catch weight. Yeah, uh, okay. it was supposed to be at forty five, and his original opponent fell off, I believe. So they ca- uh, did a catch weight at fifty. Okay, I, th- I think I want to say yeah, I think forty five is definitely a better move for him for his size too. So yeah, yeah, it's for nice sure. to see him have a good showing with cutting a little bit of additional weight. Yeah, and man, I'm telling you what the I think it's the Lee brothers that are putting those artist scraps on because um, I think Mike Lee was on the commentary. Man, they're killing it. Yeah. yeah. I heard the show was really good. It's it's insane, dude. Like, it literally looks like... I mean, it dang near looks like a UFC product. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really... You know, it, it just... It looks good. And like I was telling you guys, all the fighters, especially... Like, the, to me, which, you know... We don't always get the greatest pro cards sometimes. You know, when you're going to these amateur show... Am, am pro am cards. The pros, like, look like the pros. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like... Everybody had winning records. I mean, for the most part, everybody was just, like, super. They had that dude from, like, Kyrgyzstan. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had that one dude. Uh, his name was Mo something. He looked like a killer, man. And they said that there's, like, people watching from all over the world mm. just to watch some of these guys fight. Um, I, I think Art of Scraps really got something big on their hands. This is only their fourth show, right? Yeah, it was AOS 4. I don't know if they've done them before, oh, okay. like, under a different name. I have to say to get it get it get it so right so early is really good on them. If yeah, that's the case. Yeah, they're just killing it, dude. Like I like I said, I was like thoroughly impressed with the product, thoroughly impressed with the talent from literally top to bottom. I mean, even I didn't get to watch much of the amateurs. I literally only got to watch our guys because I was busy um, Saturday night, so I was kind of in and out. But by the time I got home, the pro card was kind of just kicking off, so I got to watch all the pro fights. And dude, the freaking the last so the last fight. Um, the dude broke his leg, like kind of like how I broke my ankle. So he basically, so it was Will Brooks for people that don't know, Ill Will mm-hmm. Brooks, UFC Bellator, former Bellator cha- uh, champion, UFC veteran, all that. Um, he's trying to get back to the UFC. I think he's like, he's got to be. This, I don't see what else they might need to see after this. But the dude he was facing was a guy from Brazil. Mm-hmm. He came here. It was only his second fight. The dude has like 60 professional mixed martial arts fights. This was Jeez. only his second fight in America. Um, comes out, throws a kick, real like one of the very first exchanges, throws a, what Will Brooks said it, a dry kick, didn't set it up with anything. And Will Brooks, to his credit, did check it. Dude's ankle snaps. Mm. It was terrible. <laughs> it was bad. Luckily, they didn't. you didn't see it. Um, you kind of heard it. Um, 
I couldn't go back and watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I didn't go back and watch it. But I told, like, I, we were laying in bed. I just kind of told Ash, I was like, man, I feel so bad for this dude. Because, you know, I just went through this, right? Yeah. And so I'm sitting here and I'm like, kind of going back to where I was. And I'm like, this dude isn't, not only is he, like, I mean, it'd be one thing to be in a different state. He's in another country, right? How many, like, how long, how many weeks is this guy going to have to stay here now? Like, surgery. I mean, I'm assuming you'd have to be some form of recovered before you can fly. I don't know. I mean, you don't know insure. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It just, I don't yeah. know who that guy was, but dude, like, tease and peace to that guy. Because I yeah. felt, I just felt horrible. I mean, it's a part of fighting, I know. But um, it was just kind of a, kind of a rough scene there and then uh another like i said the caliber man like charles Oliveira, the there was the shooto box their brazilian jiu-jitsu coach was in like the co-main event he fought the guy from kyrgyzstan i oh, mean nice. yeah one of Oliveira's training part i mean high high level stuff i like i said thoroughly impressed people from all over the country all over the world fighting on the card um and so like i said fox's guy was from california so nice. I mean, what That's a what a far. what a cool te uh, test for Fox though to get that opportunity to fight somebody you know typically you know Coliseum some of the more local shows they keep it fairly regional right so um, really good test for him and like I said he's he's gonna be all right though oh, he yeah. looks he he's still good. amateur so oh yeah and he's like I said he has nothing to be upset about I mean he looked great that kid is just that kid's really really good too yeah so. gives you a good a good marker fight I think when you're doing amateur stuff you should take. The risky big fights because how else are you gonna know where you're at? You right. Know? Yeah. No. No. For sure. Especially an amateur, like you said. Uh, John, let the people know what we need him to do before we get into this episode. All right, guys, we need to have a little talk here. You know, we talk to you guys every week. We tell you to get on Apple Podcast, give us a five star, leave us a review. You know, and we appreciate the people who've done that. But we got some new news for you. We we can do that on Spotify now. You can go on there. We're going to put together a video here shortly to kind of walk you through it. But you can go on there and rate us five stars on there as well. So yeah, please, please do, do that. that. Please, please do that. You know, get on Instagram, you know, Neon Belly Podcast. You know, we post video clips that we do of these um, podcasts. So you can see that. We do really cool effects. I mean, our budget's going up and up. So, yeah, just show us some love. Apple Podcast five-star review, Spotify five-star review. Yeah, when you go to Spotify, it's like when you click on our podcast, there's like three little dots under like the cover photo. And then if you click those, I think that's where it gives you the option to rate. Yeah, they're like vertical dots. So it's three, three, one, one, one. Are they vertical? Yeah, okay, yeah. they're vertical. You click it and it's like a, like a maybe it could be like a settings or something type of thing pops yeah. up. And, and then if you are on iTunes, make sure you do the written review as well. Oh, yeah. For we sure. Always. Love reading those. Yep. All right, boys. Well, let's get into these fights. So um, let's put a little disclaimer, right? Because we always never know if we're going to get new listeners. If you're listening for the first time, we typically do a way deeper dive on these cards. Um, unfortunately, with it being Easter, this not being the biggest card, right? Um, we're just going to focus on the main event. Like I said, typically we would cover the whole main card at least. Um, but this is a big enough main event anyways, and there's quite a bit to talk about anyway. So um, our main event from this past Saturday, boys, Malaw, Bilal Muhammad, excuse me. Malaw Muhammad. I'm, I'm off, guys. I'm off. It's all we're going we're gonna to get through this episode. Bilal Muhammad defeats Vincente Luque via unanimous decision. Um, let's just start there. What were your guys' thoughts overall on the main event? So Bilal did exactly what he needed to do to win. That's kind of how I took it. Mm -hmm. um, I thought he did pretty well in the in the stand-up exchanges, better than I had expected, but I think a lot of that was just because he was always moving. Like He was never yeah. never still. Constant lateral movements and then constantly, not constantly, but he, he was typically shooting his shots at the end of the round and just kind of, he never really passed much. He usually just kind of sat, which again, he did exactly what he needed mm -hmm. to do. Kept... Mm -hmm. Kept the submission threat at bay, kept the 
terrible strikes at bay with the movement and squeezed out the W. Yeah, I thought Luke did a really good job of getting up too. I thought he um is although uh, Bilal wasn't doing a lot to kind of pass and get to other positions. I thought Luke didn't kind of accept that and just eat ground and pound as yeah. much as he could. He did a good job of getting up. Um, I thought Luke cracked him a, a couple good times that where it looks like he had a chance to finish it. But, you know, Bilal's really tough. He's really hard to put away. Um, I know we were talking in our Instagram chat with Damien, and it just kind of felt like, you know, although uh, Bilal won – felt like Luke had a lot of big moments too. And you just, you know, when you talk about doing exactly what you need to do to win a fight, you start looking at how that looks against some of the guys you fight next. And we talked about it with Hamza. We've talked about it with some of the other guys. So it'll be interesting to see if what he brings as a wrinkle to some of these other names that are up there. Yeah. So actually Nate, I think you said when we were doing our picks, you had said, or not when we were doing our picks, we were previewing this fight, mm -hmm. you had mentioned that you don't think a decision is going to be enough for these yeah. guys. It's got to be something big. This was not that. <laughs> yeah, this, I, yeah. This, so this, I think, kind of alluding to what you're talking about, John, I don't, when I say that he did enough to win, that's it. I mean, it yeah, wasn't sure. really much for me in terms of... I it's didn't, not Burns and Hamza. Well, he yeah. call, so he calls out Colby in the post-fight, right? And that's not enough to take that fight away from Hamza. Like, you you know, you go out and you, you look impressive or, you know, you dominate whatever. You know, you might be able to make your case on why you deserve that fight. Um, if it is going to be on that big ABC card, whatever. But he didn't really go out and do that. I don't... Yeah, I, you know, my whole takeaway last night... and. I've kind of changed a little bit since last night. Just I haven't got to really rewatch it, but you know, just kind of been thinking about it and stuff. Is last night I was a lot more critical, but I just felt like even walking away that Muhammad wasn't the better. I mean, he won, so he was the better fighter on the night. But I still feel like Vincente Luque is a much better fighter. In a weird way, if that makes sense, um, I, I don't. I don't know, man. I, it just it seems like Muhammad. I, I think I told you guys this. He just won moments of that fight, but they were the right moments. Like mm -hmm. you said, Brandon, he did everything that he needed to do um, to win the fight. But yeah, it just wasn't enough for me to come away and just really picture him fading, seeing Gilbert Burns even, you know, which I think would be a great next fight, you mm -hmm. know, because um, I don't think Gilbert drops really much for me, but I, I just don't see him on that level yet. Yeah. I, it's, it's weird. And my mind was going back to the very only, you know, the small, um, scenes that we saw with him and Leon, right? With mm -hmm. the amount of the short amount of time that fight lasted, Leon was cracking. Yeah. Him. Yeah. And um so it's only we can only speculate how that fight would have gone, but my thinking was at the end of this fight, yeah, you know, Bilal's a smart fighter. Yeah. But I don't know how far that's gonna take him. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't I just I just don't know if he can do this against the Burns, the Usmans, the Hamzats. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And I don't want to take anything from him either. I mean I know we're being Fairly critical, and I think there is some maybe to be had, but, you know, he he's tough. I mean, like, let's even talk about the fact that he just took this fight during Ramadan, right? You know, mm -hmm. and he's he's been training. He's, he's been observing Ramadan for two weeks, which means he's had to train through it. Now, you know, last night he had to fight through it, um, and that's not easy. Right. Um, so that's impressive in its own. Luque was tearing that uh, left leg up yeah. bad, you know, and, and he had to battle through that. Cause that, I mean, you know, that you could tell that was noticeably <laughs> doing right. some damage to him. Um, but he had to battle through that, you know, everything. And they kept saying, all oh, those leg kicks are going to take away the takedowns and they didn't, you know, and no. I, I don't know if, if that's more a criticism of Luke, credit to Bilal, maybe a little bit of both. Cause Luke, who typically I feel like has always had pretty relatively good takedown defense. It was, I, I don't, it was crazy, man. It just didn't, 
I don't know. It just didn't seem like to me like it, it should be happening. I, don't know. Well, I just can't explain. Well, what I, it, it felt like such Luke, a weird main event, man. Luke heard him a couple good times, and I think that he kind of seen it playing out like their first fight did. But what happened was every time he'd load up for something big or he'd have a chance, you know, Bilal would just wait and then duck, boom, yeah, take him down, and he'd go immediately for the back. He wouldn't play around. And, I mean, he did play around and guard a little bit, but he didn't get into those. I think maybe Luke was like, okay, if he does take me down, maybe we can get a scramble. I can get to something, do a sweep, blah, blah, blah. And he really didn't play that game. He, he'd throw safe punches from guard or he'd get right to back, control that arm, and kind of wait for things to get stood up. So I, I, it's tough to, to not criticize him a little bit because all the excitement we have at the top. And, but he you can't deny him somebody who is like, you know, Gilbert Burns or Hamza or Colby because I mean that's seven wins in a row. You just be the guy who hasn't lost since like 2015. Yeah, like. and he's eight unbeaten, including that Leon fight. He technically didn't lose, so yeah, yeah he's definitely got himself a bigger fight. So I mean, I, I like Burns. Yeah, him. I think you throw in Burns. So I, yeah. I think it'd be great. Yeah, because you got to do. I mean, Hamza Colby's a huge fight. Obviously, Leon Usman are tied up, um, and Burns who. I mean, I mean, he lost, but just such a still such a yeah. great performance that he's not really losing any credit. Like if Bilal goes and beats Gilbert Burns, none of us are going to be questioning no. like at that point either. No. Not that I'm questioning Bilal now. Like I said, I don't, I don't want to take anything away. I mean, he's just a, he's a dog, man, and he went out and fought yeah. his fight. But just sometimes I just when I see fights like that, I'm like, man, I don't know if it's just that it was him or if it was just more maybe Luke because I thought a couple times Luke was letting him off the hook too, where mm-hmm. he had him really hurt and just didn't quite have that finishing killer instinct that we've seen from him a little bit. And that might have been pensive from the takedowns too, you know. Well, especially he got on that front headlock, I think it was in the mm-hmm. third or fourth or fifth round, fourth I mean. Round. And he just yeah. or no, did, it was the fifth. Yeah. He was going for that Darce for a and, second. And, and once again, I don't know whether you take something from Muhammad or you know, it's just like but that, he to me that was the most impressive moment for Bilal because he was yeah. in arguably the most dangerous People where don't I was, get out of that. Yeah, yeah. And then he got out of it and then immediately turned it into a yeah. takedown. And that's what I was like, whoa man, that's a little bit mm-hmm. of grit for you. Yeah. So, I mean... And I like... I said, I, I really like Bilal. I think he's a... I mean, he seems like a great dude, too. Like, just as a person. Never been a crazy fan of his fighting styles or his fights, but it's working. Like I said, seven out of... Or, well, seven wins now. Yeah. It's it's going to be number one contender fight, really. Or at yeah. least of that caliber. And it's it. rough, too, because the guy, other guys that we would name in that caliber have an X-Factor type of thing to them. And his is kind of like grit and... I, I'm push still, through. I'm going to stand by my smart comment. I think he's found ways to yeah. beat. Like, yeah. you look at the Damian Maya fight, he's fought a very specific way. Um, you know, this fight with Luke a fought very specific. I just have a feeling he has something up IQ wise mm-hmm. where he just kind of. I can see that. So I'm curious. To, that's why I say I'm curious with these upper echelons what he'll do. But I, again, it's, that's not the same as the great blast double or a fantastic yeah. right hand. It's. You know, Dude, high, his, high fight IQ. His fans showed up though. I don't know if you've yeah. seen that, but they were deep <laughs> like the only people there. Yeah. Well, the and even like the commitment to stick to whatever his plan was, because yeah. clearly that lateral, that side to side movement. I mean, he never stopped, even though he was getting tagged up with the leg kicks. Mm-hmm. Luke was having some success with the big shots. He just waited for his moments to shoot for those double legs, and and every time he landed that stupid double leg, he was losing the round <laughs> up until that point, mm-hmm. and then he would time that double leg perfectly, and it would win him the round. You know, because mm-hmm. he was able to control just enough of the round like i said just enough man just those big moments so mm-hmm. um no matter what like i said shout out to Bilal. like i said so much respect for that dude with the ramadan stuff as well um only other thing that i wanted to talk about specifically on this fight card was the crazy disqualification non-disqualification thing technical so, decisions uh you had martin budai versus chris barnett 
Um, I guess we can start with, and then what? The, the, the co-main, where you need him. Bahalos, and then the Russian guy. Sorry, guys. I, I can't remember their name. There was, Maga, I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, there was three. There was actually three. I don't have my glasses oh. on. Um, there was three of them. They broke. It's been a weekend. <laughs> Gadazi? It, yeah, I don't know. There was three uh, There was three of these that happened, three instances that happened on this fight card, but let's just talk about the Budai and Barnett one first. Um, so it was close to the end of the third round, and Budai had... I mean, to me, what appeared to be a very blatant, intentional, illegal elbow to the back of Barnett's yeah. head, sent him to the mat. Mergliata called. So apparently, and you guys can correct me if you felt any differently on the interpretation. The way I understood this is after the second round or after the first round or halfway through the fight, whatever they, whatever the stipulations are, um, if there's this like an illegal blow or something like this, it's then at the referee's discretion if the fight has to be stopped to call it a disqualification or you go to the judge's scorecards up until that point yeah so i think it's okay so it's it's has to be halfway point in the fight and it's he's determining whether or not the blow was intentional yeah. right and, and then that's if, what and then if it's intentional it's a disqualification and then if he deems it non-intentional they go to the the fight's over but it's just whoever won yeah, right. up to that point so yawn being a disqualification and these were being called technical decisions yeah i don't see what more you need to see. i mean that was so intentional to me. I mean, I, to really? me, seeing that, elbow? that, yeah. I mean, he had his hands over his Dude, ears. The like only complete, thing open was the back of his head, and he looked at it, lined it up, and so threw. initially when I saw it from the side, like from like Budai's back, I was like, oh, that didn't look too bad. Then they showed it from like where you're looking at the top of Barnett's head, and it's like, oh my gosh, like because that was kind of more what his view or his angle would have mm. been. Dude, you cannot. I mean, to me. Do I think he was intentionally trying to strike him and to hurt him with an illegal blow? No, but that's just not knowing the rules. You know, you can't. I mean, he had. I mean, he had him watched it. He watched his elbow completely just nail him in the back of the head. To me, that's not protecting your weapons, as we hear a lot of refs say. And to me, that's a disqualification. To you, that's not what protecting your weapons, like or um, what's they they always say that like uh, not protect your weapons. Um, my mind's so screwy. Um. Like, be responsible with your weapons. There you go. Like, that's not being responsible with your tools. Mm, okay, so here's my take on it. First of all, hit, like, shots to the back of the head, I understand they're illegal, but they happen a lot. And that doesn't mean that they should be legalized. But when they not. end a fight, that's different, though. But my other thing is, when, so there, I feel like there's an issue. I feel like we've talked a little bit about this. When somebody's using that, whatever you want to call a rampage-style block, where mm -hmm. they're using their hand, their elbow, and forearm to cover their head, and you go to hit that. I I'm not gonna sit here and pretend like I'm an aficionado on sure. the rules because I don't I don't know what the exact rules are in terms of where you can and cannot hit yeah. when they cover their head up like that. But it looked to me, I wa I watched the replays and whatnot, like he was trying to throw an elbow in that fashion, and part of his arm caught the back of the head, the other part hit the glovish area, and you know Barnett went down. But I mean that. I feel like that kind of thing happens a lot, and you just happen to have a ref who was spot on with it, called it ah, out. See, well, I, I think what's different is he's, I feel like this is how I looked at it. He's turtled up against the cage, so the only thing open is this little section of his head because he's covering up. And yeah, like I said, you're looking down at it, it, and you're throwing at it. Yeah, he turned now, when it over. Now, when it's like ground and pound, the guy's moving around and stuff happens on accidents, I think that's different, but kind of like with Jan, 
Aljamain's just sitting there, and then he throws the knee. This one, he's in turtle. He's just covering his ears, and you see the back of the head and neck area. I don't think he was trying to hit the back of the head, though. I didn't I get that. I think he was. I, did, I mean, that's I, the only area that was open. I, no, I don't think he, like I said, I don't think he's like a dirty fighter, and he was like, oh, I'm going to illegally hit you this guy. He, you think I he think didn't. he just, it was instinctual. I think, like John said, he saw an opening, and he just threw it. Which, that's not to say that, like I said, I'm not saying that he's a bad guy or a bad fight. It's just, you gotta be responsible in that position to not, I mean, it's the rules. And I think when it ends a fight like that, especially, I don't know, to me that seems super, I mean, it was intentional. The one that was more intentional to me, though, was in the co-main event, Mm -hmm. um, which was a very similar... Kind of to the Yan Aljo, right? The guy had his hands on the mat. Yeah, he had uh, one hand on the mat. Yeah, one okay. hand on the mat. Go ahead. Don't talk. That's a dumb rule. Well, no. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but walk, it is walk a rule. us through what happened. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, they, they were similar position. They were up against the fence. I don't remember the guy's name, so I apologize. Um, the opponent that was down. The he, Russian was the one down, and uh, then the Bojalos, I think. Okay, I can't so the Brazilian. Guy. The Russian was down, and when I say down, what I mean is he had one hand touching the mat. He was yes. He was bent over completely. I mean, it wasn't like he was up tall touching the mat. Mm-hmm. He was bent over. And his opponent um, threw a knee to the face. I mean, he, I think you could see him looking, and he, he he was trying to tell if his knee was off the mat, yeah. which it was, but he didn't see, realize the guy's hand was touching the mat, and he threw the knee, and the ref stopped it because that's a, it's an illegal knee if you're hitting the down right. Right. Once again, I don't know how you don't see that as being intentional. <laughs> like, I don't. That looked intentional to yeah. me, but I, I just. But they didn't, they went to the scorecards on it. Still, yeah, no, I don't. I don't they did it. the same thing. Yeah, they did. It was the exact. They made the exact same call, and they went to the scorecards on it. And I'm like, what? Are, what is happening? <laughs> and I don't like, know if maybe they they got a weird backlash from the Peter Yan Aljamain thing, where it's like, you know, ac- like you said, accidents do happen in fights, and you know, we got to make sure we give people benefit of the doubt. But that one, I know DC had a lot to say about it. And he basically said, I never threw an unintentional strike in my whole career. If I threw it, I was trying to hit you. Yeah, essentially, never threw a what an unintentional like strike. So if well, I threw but, something no, at you, I'm but, trying to hit you with but it. But where you're trying to hit them can change. So if, can. if I throw an intentional strike to your face and you turn and I hit the back of your head, did I mean to hit the back of your head? No, for sure. But I'm talking about like with these like these knees and when like I said, even with the elbow, like the only thing you're seeing is the back of the head and the side of the head. So it's not like there's as much room for error in that. And then the knee was blatant. Um, you know, the hand was on the mat. I know fighters try to get people to pull up a little bit to where it kind of times out to where it's just leaving the mat when you yeah. land it, but you play a dangerous game with that, and I just don't see how you go to decision. I don't even care about the knee. I thought that was a dumb rule anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the rule, though, and so he broke it, so he should have been disqualified. Why is that even a rule? Like, if had, it, it I, could, I could almost understand if he had a knee down, like, okay, don't, don't knee him there. Literally, the only thing that made it illegal was because he had five fingers touching the mat. From from a standing position. Sure, I can see what you're saying, but it's still a rule, and that and that's what I'm saying. He you're, and that, at that point, I guess they're, they're counting you defenseless. Yeah, but the Barnett one though, what you just said about if I throw a punch, you turn your head. He wasn't even moving though. That was yeah. my thing. Like he was. You should have like, just went to the body at that. My point. My thing for that one was, and this could I guess be interpreted in terms of both ways. Is Barnett was losing. He was about to get finished. Well, as he said they said he broke his ribs. Yeah. So so I mean that didn't. It wasn't going to change so the outcome. It's unnecessary of the fight. to throw that elbow, though. Then sure, just go to the body, or you know, yeah. do, use oh, your he, wrestling. He could get back up, make him do something. Could've That's what I'm different. saying. But what I'm saying, it wasn't like it was a close, such a close fight, and then that changed the outcome to where it's like, oh no, Barnett just got robbed. Well, like, but you've seen, I, I've seen quite a few fighters. Um, I, f- I can't remember somebody posted like, oh, okay, it's good to know that, like, if I'm ever like feel like I'm up in a fight, I can just illegally 
throwing a legal shot to somebody and not gets like the fight over. Yeah, I don't have to finish, the, yeah, finish the, the fight. Like if I'm tired and I know I'm winning, I'll just illegally hit somebody and the fight's over. I'll just win then. Yeah, probably not good to tweet that out and then think. Well, <laughs> right, for sure. But I think the message is clear though. Like, and I've seen a lot of fighters. Like, what the heck was that? I mean, I. I don't know. I just don't think you can get much Francis more. Francis was one of the guys I've seen tweet about it being like an intentional shot to him. But, it, you know, it does. Yeah, I it, don't see what more you need to see. It sets a weird precedent now. That's what know, I'm saying. Like where it's like, you know, what? how are, like, for, even for the refs, like how are you calling this now if a well, illegal knee happens and it ends the fight? Because now you've had two examples with Aljamain and Jan and then with this um, co-main event fight where it's like that changed the fight. It was over. It could have been over without that because I felt like the Brazilian guy was winning. Um, which obviously he won on the scorecards through the technical decision, but it definitely makes it weird to how they judge that going forward. Well, and well, and it's already a rule where you're, you know, it's already up for interpretation, anyways. And mm-hmm. I feel like you're just creating more fog and smoke around it now, where it's just like, well, what's illegal and what's not at this point? Because now I have no idea. I don't know yeah. what what's intentional, what's. Not. I mean, we don't. I don't know. I I think, like I said, sometimes it's important to remember the sport's young. And they're still like kind of writing the rules as we go a little bit, and I think mm-hmm. this could be that case where this is gonna this. All I'm saying is moving forward, it's it needs we need better language on that. You gotta have to be consistent. Yeah, we need to find the consistency in it. That's my only takeaway from it. Critique. It is what it is at this point. It's not gonna change anything. Uh, but yeah, anything else though from this fight card? Any other? I know Andre Fiola defeated Miguel Baeza, which is Whew. good win for him. It's three in a row for Baeza too. Yeah, it's, I know from a guy that was looking so good early too. Sabatini looked good. Mm. Nice jujitsu exchanges. Yeah, he looked good. That Lazies, the first fight on the main against that Losa, the guy who was on um, Contender Series. Yeah. Um, that was a good fight. Uh, also, we didn't talk about it because we didn't really know, but that co-main event was both of those guys' first fight in the UFC. Yeah, that's why we didn't preview it. <laughs> yeah. Um, that Devin Clark against William Knight, that Devin oh, Clark yeah. at heavyweight is... Oof. I thought Will Knight... I did not like the Will Knight heavyweight move. I don't know why. No. Like As soon as I found out, I was just like, ah, because he was just so scary at 205, yeah. too. Jakar close. Oof. Yeah, big knockout Which, for him. I mean, I know he said he, he's still not back 100% from that push from Jeremy Stevens, or he had the <laughs> neck issues, yeah. so that, and then... That Levitt dude who decided to twerk and do that the splits after insane. he won. That was the crazy. Did you see that? Yeah. I and then Jamal that. Hill tweeting like, hey, if somebody does that to you, you kind of <laughs> have to fight him again yeah, afterwards. You got to rematch instantly. <laughs> somebody <laughs> replied under that. I was like, what do you do to a guy who just beat you, though? And yeah. he does that. So. Yeah, that was insane. Dude. Real crazy card. Um, but there was some good good performances. For sure. Uh, Brandon, I don't think we think we all picked. Yeah, no changes. no changes. No changes in the points. So the order, go through it real quick. So the order, last place up, we'll go John, mm-hmm. Nate, and then you're in. Okay, you're first. Alrighty. Well, we are gonna roll it forward, boys, to this Saturday night. Uh, once again, disclaimer: only gonna do the main event this week, um, and another super light card. Um, mm-hmm. Not as maybe as light as last week's, but another light one, light enough that I think we're okay just doing the main. Event. I'm okay with it. Well, and the thing is, like Blah and Vincente is such a huge fight for that division, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying this fight isn't, but you know, implications are a little different. Not as big implications for sure, um, but nonetheless, boys, the main event this Saturday night we have Jessica Andrade versus Amanda Limoges. 
Um, the former straw rate, strawweight champion Jessica Andrade is returning to the division after a three-fight stint up at flyweight. Her last fight was a first-round TKO victory over Cynthia Calveo in September of last year. Mm-hmm. Welcoming her back to the division is the number 10-ranked Amanda Limoges, who is on a five-fight win streak right now in the UFC. Her last victory was a unanimous decision over Angela Hill. Um, this will undoubtedly, though, be her toughest test to date, taking oh, yeah. on a former champ, and not only that, but in her first-ever UFC main event. Boys, what are your thoughts on this Matchup. I think for Amanda, this is definitely a, a huge step because that Angela Hill fight, it was actually a split decision, and Angela Hill kept it, came in on short notice. She got cracked early. Too. Oh, yeah. So, and that, that was a little bit of adversity, but I think Jessica Andrade is a way different monster yeah. compared to anybody she's fought. And for Andrade, it's like, you know, after the Valentina fight, rebounding with another knockout, you know, she's she's on this. She's only lost to, like, excellent fighters at this yeah. point. What, what were her last three? Her last three was uh, she beat Chikagian, she lost to Valentina, and then she beat that Calveo. Okay, and now she's moving back. So, yeah. Right back down. Knockout, got knocked out, knockout, and she's why moving she, back down. Why? Um, she said why? So, what I read is that she's basically saying that she, they couldn't get her fights at flyweight. Nobody was, none of the top contenders wanted to fight her. She. This is a crazy thing. So, I can't recall a time where we've seen she is the number one ranked flyweight women's that's flyweight. What's, that's what I don't yeah, get. <laughs> I don't think we've ever seen a number one ranked uh, fighter in their division leave the division. Is this her leaving the division, or is this her? I just think trying she's to get done. Yeah, yeah. So you know, like Andrade has always kind of had had troubles making that weight cut. Um, I read a thing today that said that she talked about she's moved her camp to Las Vegas. Because uh, she said the Brazilian f- food was uh, not helping her camp. Uh, so she said she's moved her camp to Vegas. Um, she thinks that utilizing the PI has also made a huge difference in, like, her overall just maintaining her weight. Mm. And she said, you know, she's basically maintaining lower right now as it is mm-hmm. than she ever has. Um, and, and moving to Las Vegas and using that, I mean, that's, that's you know, shows some... You know, that's a big move, I guess, when mm-hmm. you're leaving Brazil. Um, I think the biggest thing about this is, though, is both of these ladies have fight finishing power. Yeah. I mean, how many first round knockouts do they both have? They fight very similar. I don't think, no, they're not As far as just like being dogs, I feel like. I think they're very different. I think, you know, Andrade is this like little pit bull that just marches you down and walks forward and just throws left and right hooks. I'm going to say something that's kind of like maybe a little nuts to say. Limoges kind of gives me big Anderson Silva vibes when I Hmm. watch her fight. Like she really... Really, really, when I watch her fight, I feel like I see a lot of Anderson Silva in her style. Um, knocks people off moving backwards, or knocks people out moving backwards, like mm-hmm. taking step, actively like moving, taking steps backwards. Phenomenal counter striker, insane power. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think she's the only thing is she's number ten in the division, right? Mm-hmm. So you're you know you're number ten. You're facing not only a former champ, five rounds. Um, but she's the number one ranked in her division. You know, it's just, mm. it's a big fight for Amanda Limoges, but I'm telling you, man, she is legit and she cracks. So you see Andra's chasing. And so here's, yeah. So, um, I, yeah, I worry about Limoges going five rounds, but I just don't think that she's going to need five rounds to win this fight. I just don't, um, most most of Andrade's success is walking opponents down, like I said, landing with the big power button, doing that when you go back and watch her fights, she always lowers her hands to do that, to really get those big power shots off. And 
when she does that, even in the Cynthia Calveo fight, you go back and watch that. Cynthia was landing big shots. You know, she was catching Andrade big in those that fight in a lot of those exchanges. Cynthia Calveo does not have the power that Amanda Limoges, though. I mean, she's putting girls out. She's a phenomenal counter striker. Um, and I do think Andrade could have success if she goes to the wrestling because mm-hmm. uh, Limoges has kind of struggled in that area a little bit. Um, but as of, you know, late, we just haven't seen um, fighters having success moving down a weight class either, right? Mm. Um, so but she's I, been there before. She well, has been. Well, so, so it's like Hooker. Yeah, and, you know, we like yeah. I said, we've, we've been through this before with a lot of these fighters that are trying to, you know, kind of give their career a second life at a new division going down, and we just haven't seen it work. I think that could be the case here as well. It really mm, do. Yeah. Even though she's using the PI, it sounds like she's doing everything the way she needs to do it. Um, I don't know. I just have a feeling that it's just not working for a mm-hmm. lot of fighters. Yeah, it's going to be tough, man. I, I think five rounds and your toughest opponent at the same time is definitely a big jump. But, I mean, you pull it off and you're, you know, you're at the top of the pecking order. Cause, sure. Like I said, Jessica only loses to champions. I mean, Whaley, oh, yeah. Rose, you know, Valentina. Like, she doesn't lose to people who aren't at that level. So, um, we're going to do picks. Yeah, and Andrade isn't even ranked yet, so no. she's technically unranked. Um, I'm going to actually take Jessica Andrade. I think that she has a lot of experience, a lot of experience with really good strikers and things like that. Um, not always the best results, but I do think, I, I don't know if Amanda's there yet. I'm going to take Andrade with a third-round sub. I'm going to take Amanda Limoges. Uh, like I said, I, I I just I really like what I see. Um, I think styles are everything here, and... Um, Unless Andrade goes to the wrestling, if she if she tries to stand in front of Limoges, I think she's going to get cracked. And I think if she gets cracked, she's going to go down because Amanda puts girls down. So I'm going to go Limoges. I think she's going to have to do it early. Like I said, I, I don't love her going five rounds here. Um, I think uh, I'll say first round knockout. I'm going to go with Andrade. I think, uh, you know, she's a little more experienced in terms of the main events, been there in the big lights, been been five rounds. Um well, I don't know if she's been the full five with anybody, but she's been in five five round main know. events. Um, I, I think was she has. Of her, I was thinking of her fight with Rose, but I think that Rose was, three was a split rounds. decision. Oh yeah, it was three rounds. Yeah, it was three. Um, but I'm still gonna go on Drage. I'll go fourth round TKO. Yeah, I just hope Limoges too doesn't get pulled into like because Andrade is so good at creating those brawls, right? Mm-hmm. And and I think Limoges can handle the power from Andrade. I really do. But I'm just really worried about her gassing because, like, especially in some of, like, the the Angela Hill fight, by the end of that fight, she was looking pretty tired. I mean, but, I mean, it was, to be fair, that fight was fantastic, though. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want a good sample size of, of Amanda Limoges, go check that out. Um, but um, I just don't want to see, uh, f- like, three early rounds of just chaos. Like, yeah. I hope she can kind of just be patient and really pick those shots like she's so good at doing. Um, Tanner Bozer's on this card. He's fighting a 15-0 guy. Yeah, Tanner Bozer's in the co-main. Uh, Clay Guida's on this card. I, I can't really remember. Macy Barber. Macy Barber's on Manil this card. Cop. Yeah, Manil Cop. He's like the really early on the prelims. No, he? they got him on the main. Well, ESPN has him on the main card. Okay, maybe they, they must have moved it up then from when I saw last. So, uh, like I said, a pr- lot better than last week's card overall on paper. Um, but... Um, nothing real big enough for us to get super in the weeds on, especially. Yeah. especially we got some big stuff coming up, so. Oh yeah, especially it's okay for them to chill out a little. Oh yeah, well, and with the holiday week in it, it works out. Okay, boys, so we are gonna do a game that I'm calling the Easter Egg. It's not really a game, uh, but we're gonna call it the Easter Egg Challenge. Mm. Um, and this is the type of stuff 
that I do for this podcast that you guys just will, for some reason, never do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope you guys really appreciate this. Nice. Uh, so each one of these papers, uh, there's a paper. You guys are going to take turns drawing a paper out of my my beautiful green egg here. Nice. Um, some of them have trivia questions. Some of them have just more like uh, we'll call them opinions. Like just just you give your opinion. Oh, okay. I need you to retract your earlier statement about stuff we never do. You you guys would have never done this. And okay. Because I do took, you know how much time I spent on the elevator game. Because I took papers? yeah yeah I'll give you that one. But I okay. do I do it like almost every week. I'm with com- this I'm coming up with games. This listen to me. I had to do re- so what this game is. Let me do a little. It's not really a game. I don't want because you guys aren't facing each other. I found Easter facts and pertained them to MMA facts. So suck on that because that's not easy. <laughs> I literally almost lost my job over this game. <laughs> and now I just feel like you're lying. I swear to you, dude. Like, you can ask her. <laughs> he got wrote up. This took so much time. You're going to find out. Okay. And you're going to apologize <laughs> to me at the end of this because you're going to be like, gosh, okay, sorry. That's a And little you're going to have to apologize to Miley. Uh, the creative thinking, at least. I'll you're, give you your creative. I'll give you that. Your brain doesn't work this way. So wow, who wants to go? I'm first? just insulting. I want Brandon to go first because he has the most to <laughs> who say. Who wants to go first? Yeah, yeah. Let me go yeah, first. Yeah, get in there. Get in there, Brandon. Just grab a paper. Whichever one, yeah. Just one. Make sure it's just one. Okay. Brandon. Read it out. Go for it. Reading is fundamental. Reading is fundamental. After this entire thing? It's like a paragraph. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now you're seeing it's I almost Arabic, lost my so. job. Yeah. <laughs> In Germany, it is illegal to dance in public on Good Friday for the entire day. Twelve out of the 16 German states uphold the law while the remaining four enforce partial bans. If you had to face one MMA fighter in a dance battle to save your mother's life, who would it be? Mm, who's the worst MMA? Who'd be the worst dancer in MMA? Stay away from Valentina, boy. I know, it's got to be somebody that's probably... probably he's got the Irish... I was going to say Steve Baby does the Irish jig thing. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, you don't have that in your toolbox. No. Man, I think you need to go like a Chael Sonnen. I'm thinking maybe like Habib, honestly. Ben uh, Askren. I don't know. He might Ooh, get... Ooh, Ben yeah. Askren's a good Habib one. Habib might get crazy with the footwork. Yeah, good point. Might, yeah, those, those Russians, I don't know, dude. I can see him hit that. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go, or maybe Islam. I'll go with Islam. Islam? Like Islam okay, fans. John, who's, who would yours be? Um, I would probably say... I feel like I'd have to go Ben Askren. There's no way that guy yeah, has rhythm. Ben Askren, that would be one. I would say Rory McDonald. That boy has no personality. I could just see him. I feel like I could start doing the robot or something and take him out. John, you are next up to All draw right. from the lucky egg. All right, we got one. This one has many paragraphs. Easter Sunday has been observed in the Christian faith since the second century and is often referred to as Resurrection Sunday to commemorate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 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 If you could resurrect one MMA legend's career, who would it be? Ooh. This, this is, is so easy for me. Yeah, this is easy, and I just, and you know, I just want to take this moment for me and you to like just reflect on the greatness. And <laughs> it's Anderson Silva, hundred sure. percent. I mean, I, when I made this question, I almost made it just for him because I'm like, yeah. there's nobody. Like, I mean, I fell in love with the sport because of that dude. Yeah, there's there's nobody who brought as much entertainment value, and I think he'd still be competitive today. Yeah, in his prime, like you put him like, you know, 2010 or something in there. That's what's a that's a big guy. Or what do you mean resurrect their career? Like bring him back. Like if you could bring somebody, like start and place them, them in in their prime, put them the back UFC in their right prime, now. back right now, like when they were in their h- highest form. GSP might get dogged. <clears throat> I, mine's just completely like a person, like Sakuraba, like what he did. Oh yeah, Gracie's. that's a great yeah. one. That's a great one. Yeah, that's that'd be mine. Do you think he could be competitive though today? Yeah, no, probably not. But what he did when he was in his prime, like I don't. 
But it's not a fair question. Okay, but okay. Like. So let's say like you take him and you can just train him in today's training, though. You know what oh, I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah, just completely like, like you're just resurrecting him. Yeah, because it was crazy. Yeah. yeah, it'd be like a talent level thing. Brandon, back to the egg, daddy. The that. green, the green eggs and ham. Boom. I'm ready for a trivia one. Uh, I don't think this is this one's in Sanskrit. These are hard to read. <laughs> no, they're not. Did it in wingdings. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Easter is the second biggest candy consuming holiday in America. Americans spend about two billion dollars each year on Easter candy alone. UFC 202 is the second biggest UFC pay per view event of all time with 1.6 million pay per view buys and grossed ninety million dollars. Ninety million. There was no comment in there. With two fighters rematch, which two fighters rematched in this massive main event fight? That's your trivia. Okay, now I got to reread it because. <laughs> okay, UFC 202 is the second biggest UFC pay per view of all time with 1.6 million pay per view buys and grossed 90 million dollars. Which two fighters rematched in oh. this massive main event fight? Holloway Poirier. Nope. What? <sighs> okay, John. You said it was 201. This is the second. 202. 202 is the second largest USC pay-per-view in history of the organization. Is that the Poirier Connor? No, but at least you got Connor. How do you not put Connor? You know Connor has to be one. It's he's the, in like five of the, he's like the top Diaz. five. Him and Diaz. Yeah. yeah. Well, 202, I was thinking that was when him and Habib fought. When did... Uh, no, him and Habib's the biggest UFC pay-per-view. Yeah, and that's time. the other thing. I thought... Did the, mm, dang. Yeah. That's the. Uh, I don't know how you didn't put him as at least one half of it though. Yeah. <laughs> Connor, it's like Connor and Brock and Ron. Pay per view poppy, man. That's what that's what PPV stands for. All right. In 1953, it took 27 hours to make one peep. Today, thanks to a machine called the Despiter, Des- Depositor, Depositor, it takes just six minutes to make the recognizable shape. Real quick, probably the worst Easter candy out there. Yeah, I don't like peeps. Yeah, not a big fan. Name the UFC fighter who retained their title. In the sixth minute of their UFC main event last April. Six minutes to make a peep. Six minutes. Six minute of their fight. Six minutes. The USA retained their title in the sixth minute of the main event last April. Last April. Last April. Retaining their title. Uh, Do you have an idea, Brandon? I'm just going through the weight classes now. Okay. Is it Volkanovsky? No. April just seems so far away right now. Last April, the sixth minute of their fight. Think of who ended the fight like early in the second round. Oh, so it does have to be the first. <laughs> no, there's only five minutes in a round. No, 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 no. no. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of the fight, like first six minutes of the fight, which would indicate first round. There's only five minutes. There's only in five round. minutes in a round. So yes, the I first minute of the second round. Yeah, in the sixth minute of the fight. Glover. Nope. Kumara Usman oh, knockout. Yeah. yeah, Kumara Usman. Burns, right? No, it's Kumara Usman's knockout Masvidal. over Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, that was Jeez, a there was, like, there was almost two because Francis knocked out Stipe in 53 seconds of the second round. Mm, so but that was, wasn't a retain, though, right? No, yeah, no, but they I... haven't done their trilogy. It, I wouldn't have put retain, though. Right. No, tired. that's... That one... That's, that was a weird period, too, when you just have, like, Jorge stepping in on 20 days and... Three more, I think. I don't know how many more in there. Three more, maybe. 17. 17 more. <laughs> got a three-hour episode. Yeah. What do we got, Brandon? Oh, it's a big what? one. Oh, this is my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited for this one. All right. 
It's a lot of reading for Brandon. <laughs> Rabbits are able to jump nearly 10 feet forward in a single bound. Which of these number 10 ranked fighters would you rather see leap the line and fight for the title next? Ooh, that's a good one. You want to read all these? We just run through. So heavyweight. Chris. So th- so he's going to read off. This is every number 10 ranked fighter in every division. And you're picking one out of all yeah. these guys. To see fight for the title. This is pretty easy to me. Okay. Go ahead. Heavyweight, we have Chris Dawkins. Mm-hmm. Light heavyweight, we have Jamal Hill. Middleweight's mm-hmm. Kelvin Gastelum. Welterweight's Neil Magny. Lightweight's Rafael Fazeev. Um, Dan Ige is at... Featherweight. Okay, you have an M there. Yeah, men's featherweight. Okay. Um, men's bantamweight, you have Pedro Munoz. Men's flyweight, you have David... Dvorak, I think. Uh, women's strawweight... Definitely going to be him. Amanda <laughs> Lemos. Um, women's flyweight, jo- Joanna Wood. Yep. In women's bantamweight, you have Macy Chason. 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 So for I think one of these guys actually could compete with the champion right now. Who would you go with? Though? I think I know what your answer is, but mine. <laughs> mine is Chason. Yeah. Definitely David Dobrak. I would kind of <laughs> like to see Jamal Hill jump the line. Yeah, yeah that's the Jamal one. Jamal Hill. Yeah. I figured you would pick Fazeev. No. That, that no, would no. be a good fight, I feel like. I think, I think Jamal Hill could knock Glover out right now. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, I think yeah. he can knock out anybody. He could knock out Jury, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah. He's he's um, definitely that division just has had such a resurrection. I don't. Yeah, I don't hate Ige Volk. I think that could be an interesting matchup. Yeah. Um, you know, but it's so tough with the women's divisions. I almost didn't even put them on here because the champs are just all so. Well, good. and if Amanda wins, yeah, she could see herself moving up real high. But. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, John. Next up, I think this is. Uh, so I think this is. Is there more? Just one more. Okay. After this. All right. In midi- uh, and in medieval children's game, a priest would give one of the choir boys a hard boiled egg. The boys would pass it along to themselves until the clock struck midnight. Whoever was holding the egg at midnight was the winner and got to eat it as the prize. The most UFC titles to change hand in one night was three at UFC 217. Name those titles or winners. I'll take either. Ooh. 217 three titles heavyweight was one nope mm. those the cards are usually big the most ufc titles to change hands in one night was three okay name those titles okay. or winners can i go now or do yeah, i go yeah because he's, he's he doesn't i missed one. i think usman took from woodley one of them nope is that not the same i'm thinking I'm trying to think of when there was three title fights it's the most title fight that changed to, hands. to change hands in one right. night. Just like the hard-boiled eggs in medieval times at Easter. So similar. Do you see the creativeness I'm saying? Do you see what I'm, do you see what I'm talking we, about? I guess we can go like that. You see what it I'm saying? It sounds like you kind of copy-pasted like something from Wiki and then like... Well, I had to question. find the facts, but do you see how my brain had to like think of how do I make this pertain to the UFC? I don't think that was that hard, though. Brandon. <laughs> You're, you're okay. Brandon's gonna do the next three games, guys. All right, so we're gonna talk about. <laughs> so who are they? Come on, guys. Come okay, on. okay, okay. UFC. On. It was like one of the biggest. Two seventeen. I think I could actually give me the give me the main event. Well, my problem is is just me, the I main can... event. I'll say the title was the middleweight title. Changed hands. <sighs> okay. Two seventeen. I'll it? just give you the titles. It was the middleweight, the bantamweight, and the women's strawweight. All changed hands mm. that night. Middleweight. What was the second one? Bantam. Bantamweight and women's strawweight. All three changed hands in one night. Dude. Main event for the middleweight so title. George St. Pierre defeated Michael Bisping. The co-main event for the men's bantamweight t- title. 
TJ Dillashaw defeated Cody Garbrandt. Mm. And for the women's strawweight, Rose Nama Yunus defeated Joanna Gionjacek. Mm. I was going to say Rose at the end, but I couldn't think of the other two. Rose. Yeah, it's, you know how long it's been since there's been that many titles? I mean, I don't, I don't even, I probably would say it's probably never, ever happened again, or it's probably the only time <laughs> it has happened. Three titles in one night. I'm almost glad you get to read this last one, and I think it's pretty long. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you get to read it? Because I, I know the answer. It's a uh, trivia question. Well, we could read it, and we could answer it. No, we, I want you, I and you can't me. read, so I kind of want, you're the one that reads and can't read, apparently. What can't I read? I don't know. You Be nice said, to the delivery guy. It ain't his fault he can't read. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that's from? Yeah, Big Daddy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Oh, let's go, Brandon. Do you need John to hold your microphone? You know what the problem is? Is he doesn't know how to write. So he wants to talk about me being able to read, but he doesn't know how to use proper grammar. Well, I literally copied and pasted. Oh, now we're defensive. So, okay, here we go. No, I copied and pasted. 90, around 90 million chocolate bunnies are sold for Easter each year. 76% of Americans say they bite the ears off their chocolate bunny first. Period. Hold on. What's wrong with that sentence? Those two sentences that I didn't know how to write. You're missing a tilde. Yeah, it's got to be. Off there, you should have an O in between. Okay, go ahead. Oh, you want me to stop? No, you can go ahead. Start <laughs> from the top. Right out Let me get my red pin. So yeah. You shouldn't <laughs> just put seven, six. Start from the top. Um, start over. Reason APA format, just saying. <laughs> Around 90 million chocolate bunnies That's the, That would be our games right there. Name that UFC fighter that uses APA formatting in all their text. <laughs> 90 million chocolate bunnies are sold for Easter each year. 76% of Americans say they bite the ears off their chocolate bunny first. UFC 180, Leslie Smith lost via doctor stoppage after her left ear exploded as the result of a right hook landing flush to the cauliflower cartilage. That's a run-on sentence. Who was the evil opponent that night that walked away with a win via ear hole carnage? Question mark. Leslie Smith lost after he exploded. Oh, I feel like I remember that. Oh, you definitely remember it. It was disgusting. Yeah, it was gross. You did I'm that. trying to remember who it was. <laughs> but once again, chocolate bunnies eat the ears. That's a significant... And then I remember this. Mm-hmm. Somebody lost because their ear exploded, Brandon. Your mind doesn't work this way. You ever survived off a of chocolate bunny? We're built different. I'm not big on candy. What if I say this? There's a hint in the question as to who this opponent was. Okay, so I'm guessing the hint was the result of a right hook landing flush. No. No? It's in the last sentence. Who was the evil opponent that night that walked away with a win via ear hole carnage? The answer is in there. Evil. Evil. Who has evil in there? You sure it's evil? I'm pretty sure. What else would it be? Three. Two. One. Any guesses? Jessica I. Jessica Evil Eye. Yes. <laughs> uh, for the that record, so gross. 5% of the people say they eat the feet first, and 4% say they eat the tail first. Yeah. So, I feel like if you're not eating the ears first, something, you're, you might be a savage. I'm like really afraid to talk I to you. definitely just ate the ears off of a Reese's Bunny earlier today. Mm. So yeah. yeah. I don't eat them. I think they're gross. Um, they're Too not much. good, but I mean. Yeah. I think I eat like maybe, I'll usually get like a bite or two and then you just throw it away. Yeah, I eat like a bite a day. I'd I also say. read another fact that said don't throw them away because they can last for like a year. They probably last longer so, than that. Because you can keep it? Yeah, they say keep them and just eat on them all year. Uh, yeah, I'm telling you guys the Easter facts that I had to read through and then try to find. Like, I we're not even scratching the surface. Mm. It's unreal. Next Easter, prepare your keys. You want to know how dark it got? 
there was like a thing talking about the origins of like dying um, eggs. Mm-hmm. And then it said that it was like started as like a symbol for like the blood of Christ. That's why they dyed the eggs. So I'm sitting here trying to think of like bald guys that were in the bloodiest fights. And I was going to say, who donned the bloodiest egghead? Like that's how dark I was getting trying to come up with things. So you're going to put some freaking respect on what I do. No, you told me you copy and paste it half of it. Well, yeah, cause, I mean, I had to find the fact. I just copied, like, when I found a fact. I went to, like, seven and different websites. didn't think websites. of how to tie it in to, like, I could do that easy. Oh, my. Dude, dude. dude I could do no. that so easy. My next holiday. No. Next, yes. holiday. next holiday. No. Dude, dude, listen. No. I could, I could, what's the next holiday we have coming up? Flag day. Uh, yeah. Fourth of July. <laughs> yeah. I'll get some patriotic history going, and I can tie it in uh, USC. Well, it'd be easier. Easier. Yes. What do you mean? That's a big Christian holiday. What's so big about Easter? And you didn't even go the Christian route. You were stuck with bunnies and candy. Hey, I went. No, no, there was the resurrection was in there. Yeah. Um, the medieval, the priest. With the what egg. did that have to do with anything? It was an Easter game. Was it an Easter game? Yeah, it was an old medieval Easter game. You had to help hold the egg until the end and you get to eat it. How long did they do that? From like 11 to 12? The whole night. Yeah, whole day. I just said he started. Can you imagine it. holding an egg for a whole day and then trying to eat it at the end? But here's the oh. thing. If the point to win is just like, because they said they would pass it amongst themselves. You're just, just holding it all day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like nobody's going to get it. Yeah. Or maybe it's like you got beat up and they took it off you like. Mm. Or maybe egg's code word for something else. John, get in the news. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah, you don't yeah. like your Brandon, I'll punch you and give you a bruise. Adios. All righty. Well, we had some um, some pretty cool action on Friday. Bellator happened. Um, so that. And really kind of like this uh, past UFC card, kind of controversial, you know? Bellator is usually controversial. Yeah, yeah but these yeah. were two <laughs> of the biggest fights they can make, and they just kind of went womped a little bit. Um, you had Nadim Nimkov losing... Um, it got doctor stoppage, so it was no contest. Corey Anderson was kind of dogging him. Lands an L or it's an accidental headbutt trying to pass over. Um, cut him open and they they wouldn't let him finish the fight. So that title didn't change hands. Nobody got a million dollars from the Grand Prix, so that's kind of disappointing. And then AJ McKee loses a decision to Patricio Pitbull, um, losing the featherweight title in their rematch since um, Pit, uh, AJ McKee tapped out Pitbull the first fight. Uh, a lot of people thought AJ McKee won. If you look at the numbers, it doesn't look. It looks like he he should have won. Um, and a lot of other people are good with Pitbull winning. AJ McKee's now saying that he won't drop down to featherweight for their trilogy, and he wants Pitbull to come up to fifty five. But then Pitbull's saying, "I'm not coming up." But also, AJ McKee's just been calling out Volkanovski a lot recently, saying that he doesn't want to make less than a million dollars a fight, and he wants UFC gold. So to say he won't take the fight at forty five, but then calling out the UFC forty five champ is kind of weird, but. It's really uneventful for them. I know that they were really looking forward to that. So, mm. um, also going on, uh, we have a retirement. Marlon Marais. Marais, magic. Um, you know, UFC t- uh, title challenger, World Series of Fighting champ, ending his career at 33. Uh, I mean, we kind of saw this coming. Oh, he, who did you just get knocked out by? Uh, it was bad. Oh gosh, I can't remember now oh, off the top who of was my head. It? Oh my gosh, gosh and I can remember was Font. No. no, no, no. It was like a young killer just knocked him out. And it was like, it was kind of sad. Yeah. I mean, this, <laughs> it was like kind of like, yeah. Oh, was it? Um, we're talking about a guy who knocked out Aljamain Sterling in a very yeah, bad way. If you'll yeah. say it, I'll remember it. Um, you know, yeah. it was a, it was a kind of a back and forth fight, right? Like he cracked him. No, yeah. I don't huh? think so. I mean, it didn't last long. Yeah. Uh, Songy Dong. Yeah. 
Oh no no no! That no, was like, da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, it was it was bad. Like, um, he didn't even look like he belonged. I remember yeah, that. you know, like you could just tell. He won the decision against Aldo, got to the title fight, never really got back to anything since then. I mean, There's so much respect. I mean, yeah. he's such a legend. And you got to be happy. You know, too many of the guys that we like, we see just fight wait a little bit too long. Yeah, you see them get beat up and just get sad. I, th- I feel like this is a good chance for him Thank to you, find something you. else in his life. Um, we also have King of Cringe getting back into the USADA pool. Yeah. Henry Cejudo, right after the Volkanovski fight, gets right back in. Um, he wants to be a three division champ. I, you know, it'll be interesting to see what Dana does with him. It's good timing, man. Like when you're when we're sitting here, you know, after the Volk fight, you're. I mean, we were all kind of like looking yeah, around, Max, like who does maybe, who does Volk fighting? You know, and that's a good fight for Cejudo. It's too. a great fight. I, I mean, th- I mean, if you're gonna fight, if you're gonna win, if your goal is to you know move up two weight classes from where you started. He's the smallest featherweight on the rock. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just, it does style, at least in terms of, not stylistically, but, um, you know, physical attributes. It makes the most, like, you don't want to, like, f- he doesn't want to fight Max. It was like St. Pierre picking a shot against uh, Bisping, Bisping. Right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, yeah, if you're going to do it, this is the guy you do. I will it. say this. I think Volkanovski would do him bad. Mm. You've been away for a long time. The you're, time is the only thing that I would say. You're going I, up against a guy who's seen a lot of the really t- I mean, I don't, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It'll also be interesting to see if Dana's going to just let this guy. I mean, he's been on record saying he's not going to walk in and get what he wants. Yeah. But it's also, you know, triple champ thing. Oh, it's, yeah. The storyline is right there. And, and, I mean, like I said, we're going to do Max Volk. I mean, how well does Max Volk 3 sell? Like, I feel like you can't, you can't headline that. You have to attach it. You'd have to have, like, a Jones Stipe above that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, you'd have to attach it to another big main event. Yeah, so that's in there. we got some potential fight announcement. Dana saying that hoping John Jones will be a part of that lineup this summer. Stipe makes a lot of sense. Yep. Uh, possibly talk of that being like a in, interim title type of fight situation, which is interesting because you do have Gon who just recently fought the champ. You have Tua Vasa, you have Aspinall, you have some guys coming off of wins. John Jones never fought in heavyweight. Stipe coming off a loss, but the names obviously are huge there, um, yeah. which open up a lot of big fights for other people. Um, let's see what the other fight announcements. It, staying in the heavyweight, we have. Um, uh, Rosenstreich is going to be fighting Alexander Volkov fight night uh, June 4th. I feel like both of them really need a win. I feel like if Rosenstreich loses that, he might yeah, be he's, He might be on the on the fritz there. Yeah, he's going to be on the hot seat. We got uh, take, making a, a pretty decent turnaround. Askar Askarov and Alex Perez yeah, fight night fight. July 16th. It's a really good fight. That has a I mean, both of them put themselves right back in a title shot with the win there. Alex Perez has actually had a title shot here recently. Yeah. Um, Neil Magny stepping up and fighting Shavkat Rachmanov, which Ooh. is a huge June twenty fifth. It's a fight night. Might be harder than Hamzat. We're gonna find yeah. out. And I mean, might be a harder fight for him than Hamza, who, Hamzat. Who who potentially deserves the BMF title more than Neil Magny, who just wants to fight everybody and will? Yeah, I just I'm so excited to see Shavkat, man. I, oh yeah, I, he's it's it's so it's big. Like, imagine, you know, like when we were just talking about with Gilbert Burns, where it's like, what if, man, what if Kamzat beats Gilbert and he is the real deal? Imagine if there's two of them. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, imagine, like, we're, we're not even, I think we were so overwhelmed with Kamzat that we've kind of yeah, very not, like, very badly forgotten about Shavkat. And he doesn't let people forget that. Every chance he gets on the mic, he talks about how he's better than Hamzat. Yeah. He thinks he's fought tougher guys. I don't think we've seen something like this since, like, Junior and Kane, where you have guys that are just kind of running, but they never run into each other. It's just going to be crazy Certain point, two of these freaky freaks in um, the same division. Another huge fight with potential title fight implications, Holly Holm versus Catlin Vieira. Um, Bantamweight is going to be May 21st. 
two against five. That's a huge one. Um, we got a little bit of, oh, Chris Curtis. He's going to be fighting Hadolfo Vieira. That's going to be the June 25th. There's a lot of big cars added onto there. And then we got to show love to some Indiana, to an Indiana legend. We got Cody Stamen, or Stamen fighting Eddie Wineland. UFC fight night, June 18th. I thought after the Amal, I didn't know we'd see Wineland again. Yeah. Wow. He looks a little crazy right now in this picture, but <laughs> there was um, an, just a couple other things in boxing. There was a weird thing going around of Anthony Ruiz signing up to fight Tyrone Spong on that thriller, which I don't understand how that how a former Yikes. champion fights a kickboxer. But there's contract issues, and now Andy Ruiz is fighting Luis Ortiz, a regular boxer who's a contender. So mm. I'm kind of glad we stayed away from that kind of clown show. And then uh, last night, Errol Spence Jr. unifies three welterweight titles, beating... Jordanus Ungus, he um, he got hurt a little bit in, uh, I think, the sixth or seventh round, but then he ended up closing the guy's eye shut, and the doctors kind of had to step in because the dude's eye was gonzo. Mm. Boxing, you see it rid of titles, man. It's, like, so stupid. Yeah, I remember back when they were trying to get Dana to do, like, European champions, and, like, he's just like, no, look at boxing. And, like, everybody was like, what? That is, you know, it doesn't. I was like, I'm so glad he never caved into that. Like, it's yeah. just so silly, dude. Yeah, it, it's, I mean... There, I don't know how many champions they are. Like, you saying he unified three, like, I mean, I mean, he's a fighter. Shout out to him, but it's like, yeah, so what? <laughs> like, yeah, because you don't know what, how what easy that it was to get those. In or, boxing, what does being a champion even mean? And, you know, right. this day and it's all about pay-per-views, you know, really, more than anything. So, all right, well, that's it. Uh, I got Song of the Week. Um, I was going to pick another song, but in honor of his big win, I'm going to go with our boy Gabe Uritz walkout song this past weekend and it's going to be 50 cents p-i-m-p yeah so like that song brandon i don't think i know it you probably might know it if you played it you probably know it when are you guys gonna start being like you know good teammates and buying these guys fights by the way i'm putting you on blast start mm. investing a little bit oh well you oh. bought it right yeah why don't you invite us over didn't want you to come that's kind of mm. rude <laughs> I got a lot of money that went out this weekend between paying for my nieces and nephews and stuff and the Comic-Con. Whatever, John. Nobody believes Some of us are out doing stuff, you know? John, what is your one for the people? My one for the people is support, you know, local art and stores, comic stores, toy stores, card stores, stuff like that. You got to keep that stuff around MMA fights. MMA fights, too. Buy the pay-per-views. You do that. I did the other thing. <laughs> Uh, Nate's game wasn't that impressive. That's my one for the people. Don't let him. Don't let him fool you with his. Almost got fired. I didn't say that. I almost broke a nail. Like that whole stuff. Like he's Uh, all right. So it's good. So when you go when you get to editing this and you put something on his face, remember I didn't say that. It was a great game. I had fun. You know the thing is, the thing is, there's nothing else offered ever from you two. In terms of games, yeah, I've came up with games. I've told. Why don't you ever do them? Because you say, oh, we're going to do that in a couple of weeks. All you guys got to do, do that a lot. All you guys got to do is show up with them. I mean, I could show you the the. I came up with the game the other day. All right, well, let's do it. It was called Fight of the Night. Let's you do said, it. Oh, we'll hold it off, and then you came up with this game. How am I supposed to know that? Oh, the uh, yeah, because we did your facts don't care. Yeah, because that's when we had mm-hmm. Damien on. Brandon does facts don't care. I'll give him that. Those are always fun. I came up with the blue belt game. That was fun with the celebrities. That was a good one. Oh, see, yeah. see, you need to get back to that, John. Well, you don't come up with great ideas every week. You got to come. I have to hold them in and get <laughs> I mean, the great ideas. I, this brain is done. But what I'm saying I've is. I've come up with. Well, hold on. Hold on. Great ideas. Hold on. Take hold time. On. Let, let's, the game is one out of like four segments we do a week. So let's chill. 
right? Sure. Okay. okay. All right. As long as we're there. As long as we're there. Coming up with good games isn't easy. No, yeah. it's not. And then coming up with the rest of the episode sucks too. Yeah. But it's usually the same stuff. It's not like yeah. we do a lot of different yeah, it's stuff. A, it just it, it's getting easier too, right? Because like we've gotten our system down and the cool thing now is like we're starting to repeat a lot of these fighters, mm-hmm. which is like not saying like repeat in terms of I mean every fight's different, right? But like you retain some like yeah. I've got like you have so ideas many, of somebody. Exactly, exactly. Like at first when we started it was like holy mm-hmm. cow, dude, this is way too much every week, but now it's like like the system's just there, yeah. and then the games reoccurring, the segments reoccurring. We know like MMA team isn't new to us now, so we can put that together. You know, some of these games, like this one, obviously it threw us for a loop. We have to read. You're thinking some opinions, some trivia, but other games, cap or tap stuff like that. We know how to lock in and yeah, get used to it. Uh, my one for the people. You guys are on your own next week. Are you doing a special guest? What are you doing? How did this guy like put on some blast and then like not show up? Mm-hmm. We're talking about us or me not showing up, but then he's not here more. I know Damien said he's down, so we'll see what's up. Let's do that. All right. What are you guys? You guys gonna do a game? Possibly. I know <sighs> you're not gonna be here. What's the matter? That's why I'm just trying to figure it out. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna have. We can do whatever we I'm want. Just gonna have Brandon read everything off paper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In small fonts and big fonts, different, uh, different colors. I love it. I love these guys. Happy I love, Easter. Love this podcast. We just all fun guys. We just give each other a hard time. We'll see you. Well, I won't see you next Monday. And maybe these guys won't either. I don't even know anymore. You never know. I just hope you can hear them. Yeah. I did good last time. (laughs) Give me my props. That was fun. Peace. Bye.